Welcome to Working the Word with Jonathan Vorse. Join us now for service already in progress at Lakewood Church of God. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, uh, verse number 58 is our springboard scripture. It says this, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, forasmuch as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today and I'm just asking you to help me be able to effectively communicate your word today. Touch the ears of the hearers to hear, the hearts to receive. May our understanding be enlightened. Can we learn today from the word, Lord? Would, would the Holy Spirit teach us to, to learn how to walk close to you, how to stand with you in the difficult times of our life? May we learn today. We give you praise for it in Jesus' name. And everyone that's in agreement says, Amen. Amen. This is the second message in our Grow series. And uh, I'm going to be talking to you today on the subject of just stand. Just stand. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. In order to understand a passage of Scripture, then a lot of times we need to look at what it says in the beginning of the Scripture and what it says at the end of the Scripture. So that's the subject line and then that's uh, the summation of it. Squeezed in between that is how we do it. How we do it. So this is talking to, to us about standing. And then in the end it says, For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. So what this is talking about is don't waver, be steadfast, be unmovable, always advancing forward in your labor or as you're working for the Lord, as you're working for the Lord. So we're going to be talking to you today about that. So I want to begin talking to you about standing firm, keeping working. This means that we are not to easily be swayed to the right. We're not to easily be swayed to the left. Sometimes all we can do is stand. I don't know about you, but I've been serving God for a long time. Some of you uh, not quite so long. But if you've served God for any length of time at all, you will find out that there are times in our lives when we go through difficult seasons. Times where we don't understand what we're facing. Times when we don't understand why God's allowing the things to happen in our life. Times when we're a little bit in confusion about, but I thought the Word of God said this. And in those times of chaos, in those times of confusion, in those difficult times of our life, God's Word encourages us to stand, to just stand, to be steadfast, to be unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Sometimes that's all we can do. I want you to go to your right in the Bible and go to me, go with me to a familiar portion of Scripture, Ephesians chapter 6, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. And this is a passage that we know uh, as Bible scholars as the armor of God or a warfare pa passage, how to get ourselves ready for the battle. I'm going to read through it. We're not going to talk about all of it, but there's a few verses there we're going to talk about. But I do want to read through it today so we can get the context of what I'm trying to show you. The word says in verse number 10, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of His might. 
Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand, to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. Say that with me, stand. Verse number 14 says, Stand therefore, having your loins skirt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith, wherewith ye shall be able to quench all the fiery darts of the wicked, and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the word of God, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit, and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints." As for me, that utterance may be given unto me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel, for which I am also an ambassador in bonds, that therein I may speak boldly as I ought to speak. Now the two passages or the two verses that I want to pay the closest attention to in verses 10 through 20 is verses 13 and 14, and here's what it says. Wherefore, take unto you the whole armor of God, that ye may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand. So God's Word is teaching us that sometimes all that you have left to do is stand. Can I submit to you today as your pastor, as a teacher of the Word of God, a preacher of the Word of God, and a person that's loved God and served God for a lot of years... Can I submit to you today that sometimes all that's left to do is stand and when you get to that point, standing is enough. Can I say that again? Sometimes standing is enough. Sometimes the best way to advance is to stand. Sometimes the best way to overcome is to just stand. Because see, when we're standing, we're not giving up ground. When we're standing, we're defending our position. When we're standing, we're putting our faith in the God that's working around us to advance us forward. Sometimes we get so busy trying to fight the battles by ourselves. Sometimes we get so busy trying to make things happen by ourselves that we forget that on Christ, the solid rock we stand and all of the ground is sinking sand. And so I want to encourage you today to stand and the Bible says... Here, it says, when you have done all, just continue to stand. And then verse number 14 says this, Stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth, and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now, as I said in the first service, when you see the word therefore, you need to look and see what it's there for. So we stand, the Bible says stand, therefore, so we look up in the Scripture just a little bit about what it's talking about, and I believe that's talking about verse number 12 where the Bible identifies the battle when it says that we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places. The fight that we are in, church, is a very real fight. 
We are serving a real God. We are fighting a real devil. We are in a real spiritual war. We are in a war for the heart and for the soul of our nation. We are in a war for the heart and the soul of our spiritual walk with God. And sometimes we just have to say, you know what? I may be fighting against principalities and powers and the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. That might be the identification of the battle, but I I've read the back of the book and I know that we win and if God is for me, who can be against me and no weapon that is formed against me will prosper because God is on my side. Your situation, this is a word for somebody today, your situation may appear impossible. But when your situation looks impossible, I want you to remember that with God, all things are possible. So we go on here, stand therefore, having your loins girt about with truth and having on the breastplate of righteousness. Now let me teach you a little bit about this here. Basically what this means, the loins girt about with truth, is that you, it, it speaks of covering the reproductive areas of your life. I'm not trying to get nasty this morning. I'm trying to help you understand what this is talking about. So basically what this says is don't reproduce anything that is not the truth. So in other words... Don't plant seeds that are not true. Don't give birth to anything that is not true. And don't be involved in the consummation of something that is not true. Now, Pastor, why would the Scriptures teach us that? Because we realize that there are many false doctrines in the world today. We realize that there are a lot of people today that are saying, well, I just believe that there's many paths to God. That is called pluralism. That's called pluralism. That means there's a lot of people, you know, they say, well, I believe you can get to God this way. I believe you can get God this way. I believe you can get to God that I just think there are different religions, but they all lead to the same place. No, 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 no. Here's what Jesus said. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by me. Guard that truth. Don't reproduce anything else but that truth. Don't give birth to anything else but that truth. Jesus is the way. He is the truth and he is the life and no man comes to the Father but by him. So we don't plant seeds that are not true. We don't birth anything that's not true. We're not part of the consummation of anything that is not true. And we know then that God's Word is true. We know that Jesus is the truth. So we stick to the Word of God like glue. Your feet needs to be shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. You have to have on the breastplate of righteousness, which guards your heart. Your feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace, which means that we are to walk in the path of peace. And sometimes the only way to peace is through war. But if we have to get into a battle with the devil, we need to understand that the goal is peace. The goal is peace. Above all, taking the shield of faith wherewith we quench all the fiery darts of the wicked. Take the helmet of salvation, the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. And verse 18 says, praying always with all prayer and supplication in the Spirit. Now when it says praying always with all prayer, that means we need to be engaged in all kinds of prayer. We need to be engaged in the prayer of agreement. We need to be engaged in the prayer of faith. We need to be engaged in praying Scripture. We need to be engaged in supplications, which is seeking God and asking God for things. We need to be engaged in those things. 
So in the process of standing, in the process of saying, okay, God, I'm just going to stand here. I can't really, don't feel like I can keep advancing. Don't feel like I've just been embattled. I've been, I've been working. Lord, I'm just going to stand here. In the process of that, I want to encourage you, stay in the word, stay in the truth, allow righteousness to work inside of you and keep up your prayer life. Get involved in intercession. Let the Holy Spirit pray through you. Get in a place where the anointing can come upon you through your prayer life and you can actually break through through prayer. Then we go on. The Bible says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast and unmovable. That word steadfast speaks of staying rooted and grounded. What do you mean by that? I mean we've got to know what we believe and stick to it. I said we have to know what we believe and stick to it. Studies are showing that by the year 2030, there will be as many mosques in America as there are churches. There are a lot of churches in America. And studies show that that can only mean one thing. Number one, that the building of mosques will increase and churches will be shutting down. That's what that means. You know why? Because the church will not stand. Because the church will not stand up for what is right. The church will not stand up for the truth of God's Word. I like what Bishop Ramont said. He got up there and he was preaching and he was speaking and he told him, he said, listen, you don't understand what you have in America. He said, you have the freedom of speech. He said, you can get up and declare the name of Jesus without worrying about going to jail. He said, you know something? We don't have that where I came from. He said, but if we did, we would be declaring the name of Jesus. And he said, here in America, you won't do it because you're afraid you're going to offend somebody. He said, let me tell you something. They're not afraid to offend you. So why don't you stand up for Jesus? Why don't you stand up for the name of Jesus? Why don't you stand up for the gospel message and let the world know that Jesus loves them and that he died for them? And so we got to... Know what we believe and stick to it. And then in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12, I want to show you this passage of Scripture here, 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse number 12. If I get Steve to put it up there for me. For the which cause, I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed. Now, I want to point something out here, okay? Many times we quote this Scripture completely wrong. Here's how we quote the Scripture. For I know in whom I have believed. That's not what the Scripture says. That Scripture says, For I know whom I have believed. Knowing in whom you have believed and knowing who you have believed are two entirely different things. It's like this. Some people know about God, but they don't know God. We can know about Jesus, but not know Jesus. And this passage of Scripture tells us, Paul was writing to Timothy, who was the pastor of the church at Ephesus, and Paul was in prison, and he told him, he said, I'm not ashamed, I suffer, I'm not ashamed, for I know him. I know whom I have believed, and because of my relationship with him, and because of my knowing him, then I can say this, I am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Once you get to know somebody, then you know 
about them. You know what they are capable of. Once you get to know Jesus, once you get to know God, once you come into a relationship with Jesus Christ, you become aware of what he's capable of. And let me tell you something. He can do exceeding abundantly above all that we ever ask or think. The Bible says according to the power of God that works inside of us. So I want to encourage you today to get to know God. I want to encourage you today to get closer to Him than you ever have before. Get in the Word of God. Spend time in prayer. Hang out with people who are addicted to God, who are addicted to the Word of God, who are addicted to Jesus and get to know Him. Paul was telling Timothy, you need to step it up, boy. That's what he was telling him. You need to step it up. You read that in the scripture. The Bible said he was talking to him about how that he had poured the scripture into him as a little child, how that his mother and his grandmother, Lois and Eunice, had poured the scripture into him. And then the Bible said Paul told him, he said, you got to stir that gift up that's inside of you so you can be a powerful man of God to the church at Ephesus there. you got to stir that gift of God up inside of you so you can become persuaded that he is also able to keep that which you commit unto him against that day. Then we go on in verse number 13 and then down to verse number 14. And let's just look at verse number 14 there. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse number 14 says this. Paul was writing to him. He said, That good thing which was committed unto thee keep by the Holy Ghost which dwelleth in us. Come on now. I'm I'm just going to have to teach this the way that it is. Here's what Paul was saying. He was saying, From a child you have been taught the Holy Scriptures. I've taught the Word of God to you. Your mother has taught the Word of God to you. Your grandmother has taught the Word of God to you. The whole presbytery got together and laid their hands upon you and imparted gifts unto you. And you got all this going for you, Timothy, but you still need the help of the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you this morning, church, we need the help of the Holy Ghost. You can come to church every Sunday. I will teach you the Word. I promise to you. I vow to you. I'm in this pulpit on Sunday mornings just teaching you the Word of God. You probably get more Word here than you do a month in a lot of other places out of the pulpits where other people in this region. You just get a lot of Word here because I'm a lover of the Word of God and so I teach you the Word of God. I feed you the Word of God. People that are looking for the woo-hoo probably aren't going to be real happy here. But people that are hungry for the Word of God are going to leave fat and satisfied. Amen. So you're going to get the Word of God. But I want to tell you something. I can feed and feed and feed and feed, and you can eat and eat and eat and eat. But there are appointed times in our life when that Word needs to surface and come forth, and that takes the help of the Holy Ghost. So we need, if we're spirit-led people and spirit-filled people, then we need the help of the Holy Ghost. And this is what Paul was telling Timothy here. He was telling him, you know what? I've poured into you. Your mama's poured into you. Your grandma's poured into you. The leaders of the church have poured into you. You know the Word of God frontwards and backwards. But I'm telling you right now, young man, you still need the help of the Holy Ghost. And if we're going to stand today, that's what we've got to have is the help of the Holy Ghost. So we are to be steadfast, we are to be unmovable, unshakable, that word unmovable. Now I asked them to put this up in the Amplified. I think it better describes what he's trying to say here. In James chapter 4, verses 7 through 8, we'll look at verse number 7 first. Here's what the Bible says. So be subject to God, resist the devil, stand firm against him, and he will flee from you. In the King James Version it says submit 
yourselves, therefore to God, resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So it takes more than just resisting. It takes a life of submitting to our Heavenly Father. And now let's go to verse number 8. It talks about what that means. Come close to God or draw nigh to God, and he will draw nigh to you. Recognize that you are sinners. Get your soiled hands clean. Realize that you have been disloyal, wavering individuals with divided interest. And purify your hearts of your spiritual adultery. What's that mean, Pastor? That means you can't have one foot in the world and one foot in the church and expect to make heaven. And expect to experience the blessing of God upon your life. When you have one foot in the world and one foot in the church, then you are committing spiritual adultery. And you can't do that. God's Word teaches us that we are to be committed to God, that we are to be committed to the Word of God. Just like the Bible teaches that a divided house will not stand, you know, we, 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 can't, be, we can't be divided. If, if in my home, if my home is divided, my home will eventually falter and fail. Someone has to stand up, take a lead, and say, this is where we're standing, and as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And I know that this is not politically correct, but it's biblically correct. That's my responsibility as the head of my home to stand up and say, wife, children, this is what we're going to do. We're going to serve the Lord. And I've got to make that stand. Now, I learned a long time ago that if I lovingly lead, they will be inspired to follow. Anything less is dictatorship. And this is what the Scripture is saying. The Scripture is saying right here that we are to be committed to God. We can't be in the world and in the church at the same time. The Bible says that we're in the world, but we're not of the world. We live in the world to, to be lights, to be lights, okay? Doesn't mean that we're any better than anybody else. Listen, Jesus is the only perfect, perfect person. Every single one of us in this place have sinned. Every single one of us in this place has needed the grace of God, has needed what Calvary paid for. We've needed the shed blood of Jesus Christ to wash us and cleanse us from all of our sins. Christians are not better than anyone else. I don't care. You stick your nose up so high, it rains, you would drown. You can do that all day long and you are walking in sin because you're walking in pride. You can't do that. They think they're all better than everything. That's religion. That's religion. Listen, we're called to serve. We're called to love. We're called to be lights. We're called to reach out. We're called to see a need and feel it, find a tear and heal it. We're, we're called to be the hands of Jesus, the feet of Jesus, the heart of Jesus, the eyes of Jesus. We're called to share the love of Jesus to a world that is lost and undone without God. And so we have to be in the world and we have to live out our Christian walk inside of the world. That doesn't mean that we address the world like they are under us. It means that we love them and we lead the way back to Calvary to those that need Jesus. So get settled in. Be unshakable. Don't commit spiritual adultery. Don't be disloyal. Don't be wavering. Be unshakable. You say, well, what's that mean? Get settled in. Say, okay, this is my God. This is my call. This is my faith. This is my church. This is my family. This is what we're going to do. We're going to live by the Word of God. Now, when you make that stand, the storms will come. 
the storms will come. But if it's not worth fighting for, it's not worth having. So when that storm comes, won't you let God just take care of that? Why don't you just stand strong and let the Lord fight that battle? This is a word for somebody. Some of you, you've been so busy trying to fight the devil, trying to solve the problems all by yourself. You've got to say, wait a minute. You know something? I'm going to do what I know to do. And what I know to do is put my faith and put my trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't have to have all of the answers all of the time. I can stand. I can just stand when I don't know where to go, when I don't know what to do, when I don't understand what's going on, when I don't understand why I'm going through what I'm going through. I can still just stand and watch the Lord work around me. You know what the Bible said in the Old Testament? It said the battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. That's what it said. The battle's not yours. It's the Lord's. I found out a long, long time ago, and I've been serving God for a long time. I found out a long time ago that I can fight and gain a little ground, but if I let him fight for me, he'll give me the whole battlefield. Amen. Now, opportunities to be disloyal will try to sway you. They'll come along, but be unshakable. Make up your mind. I'm going to stand for God. I'm not going to be in the world. I'm not going to be disloyal to God. I'm going to serve God. I'm going to live for God. I'm going to love Him. Your faith will be challenged more and more as our nation becomes more and more secular. As it becomes more and more godless. Now, you know, some of you know that I'm fairly involved in in the political process around here. Now, it's not because I'm on one side or the other. It's because I believe that the church needs a voice. And I want to say something right here about this political process. And this is not a political message, but I want to say something about it. On November the 8th, either Donald J. Trump or Hillary Rodham Clinton will become the next president. They will be voted in as the next president of the United States. On November the 9th, every single person in this place will still be Americans. And our country, no matter who gets in, will need prayer like they've never needed prayer before. It's not a time for the church to hide. It's a time for the church to shine. It's a time for us to get out there and teach and preach and minister that there's hope in Jesus. Let me tell you something. Hillary can't, she she cannot save this country. Donald Trump cannot save this country. Only Jesus Christ can save this country. That's it. That's it. Now, I'm not going to tell you who to vote for. I'm going to tell you to pray. I'm going to tell you to be a Christian. If your person doesn't win, be a Christian about it. Be a Christian about it and continue to pray for your country and continue to pray for one another. Our country is going to change no matter who gets elected. The country is going to change, period. Whether we want it to or whether we don't, the country is going to change. And so we, as the church, need to quit worrying about what political party we're part of and realize that we are part of the family of God. And the family of God loves lost people around the world. Then we go on, and the Bible said, always abounding, always advancing forward in the work of the Lord. Now, 1 Corinthians chapter 15 
is where we have been. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 58 is our springboard scripture. If we go up in that chapter just a little bit, then we can see a little bit of the context of what brought about this be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. We are always abounding, we're always advancing forward in the work of the Lord based on the fact that Jesus is alive. Based on the fact that the tomb is empty. Now I want you to watch the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 defend the resurrection of Jesus. Look here in verse number 12. He said, Now if Christ be preached that He rose from the dead, how say some among you that there is no resurrection of the dead. So in other words, he said, how come you can't be involved in this conversation? And then he goes on, he said, but if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain and your faith is vain? Yea, and we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that He raised up Christ whom He raised not up, if so be that the dead rise not. And then he just drove the nail in a little farther. He said, if the dead rise not, then is not Christ raised? And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain, and you're yet in your sins. Then they also which are fallen asleep in Christ are perished. So he's saying those that are dead are gone. And then he says, if in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. So what he was saying is, if, if we're just living for God for the here and now, we are of all men most miserable. In verse number 20, he says, but. Turn to your neighbor and say, sometimes it's good to have a but. <laughs> but. That's right, But. Maybe I'll do a but series. Who knows? But. But now is Christ risen from the dead. So what he was saying was, you've got all these arguments, but none of them are applicable because Christ Jesus has risen from the dead. So he really is alive. And then he said, and he has become the first fruits of those that slept. Wow, wow, wow. So the reason that we can abound and the reason that we can advance forward and the reason that we can allow God to be involved in our life, even when we're standing, we're advancing, is because Jesus is not dead, He's alive. It's because, you know, we like to look at the cross and, you know, we change the colors on that cross and it looks beautiful and our young adults did a great job, you know, redoing this stage and it just looks wonderful and it looks great and all of that, and I like to make statements like, you know, we can be recipients of everything that Calvary paid for, but sometimes I think we do so much focusing on the cross that we forget that there's an empty tomb. We forget that Jesus is alive, that He's seated at the right hand of the Father making intercession for you and I, waiting for the command of the Father to come back and receive us unto Himself. So here's my encouragement to you today. Don't let the battle slow your process. Jesus, or your progress, Jesus is still alive. 
And if he's alive, he's interceding for you. That means he's praying for you before the Father that you will intercede, that you will make it, that you will have the victory. And then we go on and the Bible teaches us to keep moving forward, to keep pressing forward. Philippians chapter 3, verses 13 through 14. Brethren, I count not myself to have apprehended, but this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth unto those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the prize of the high cost calling of God in Christ Jesus. I want to encourage you today to just press forward. Sometimes the best way to press forward is to just stand. Just stand. You know what? I know in whom I have believed. I know who I have believed. I know the word of God. I'm going to stand here no matter what comes, no matter what goes. I'm going to be faithful. I'm going to be strong. I'm going to experience God's favor. I'm going to experience God's blessing. I'm going to experience the correction of God's word which can reposition me to receive what I need from God. And when the enemy comes against me, I'm just going to keep on standing here because I realize it's not by might and it's not by power, but it's by the Spirit of the Lord God Almighty. And I'm going to stand right here no matter what. What happens? And in the process of that, I can advance forward and I can press. Now, there's one more thing I want to share with you. I'm going to have Robin come. There's one more thing I want to share with you here at the end of this message. I've talked to you today about being steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Now, I want to just throw one thing in there in the midst of all of this. Keep your joy. Just keep your joy. You know, the devil's after your joy. He wants your joy. He wants you to be sad. He wants you to feel like living for God is laborious. He wants you to feel like it's very difficult. Keep your joy. It's not difficult living for God. It's not difficult at all. And if it does make you sweat, it's worth every drop. Keep your joy. The joy of the Lord is your strength. The devil is not after your joy as much as he's after your harvest. He wants to keep you in chaos. He wants to keep you in confusion. He wants to keep you in the midst of a battle. You know why? Because he's after the blessing that unity can bring. When I unite with the Word of God, when I unite with brothers and sisters and I walk step and step with them in peace and health and wholeness in the Word of God, uniting together behind a purpose, behind a vision, then we can experience the blessing and the favor of God in ways like we never knew was possible. In the process of all of that, the enemy will fight and try to take away your joy. Don't let him have it. Keep laughing. Keep giggling. Keep finding things to laugh about. Well, I don't have anything to laugh at. Yes, you do. You can always laugh at the devil, that rascal. You can always laugh at his slimy, lop-eared, snaggletooth, split-toed deceiver of the brethren. No good for nothing. Devil. We give him way too much credit. He's defeated. And you have overcome You've read the back of the book. Let him have, let God have your heart. Let him put joy inside of you. And keep
keep that joy. The joy of the Lord will be your strength. When you're tired, when you're wore out, when you're exhausted, when you've been doing Lakewood Loves Pasco all day long, the day before, and then you got to come to church. You don't got to come. You get to come to church. Times of refreshing in the presence of the Lord. Keep your joy. Touch your neighbor and say, keep your joy. Just keep your joy. Just keep your joy. Let's stand. Come on. Thank you for joining us on Working the Word. For more information, go to our website at www.suncoast4, and that's the number 4, Jesus.tv. You may also write us at 12637 Pony Lane, Hudson, Florida, 34669. Or you may call us at 727-856-1770. Our office hours are Monday through Wednesday, 9 a.m. to 5 p.m., Thursdays, 9 a.m. to 2 p.m. And remember, the Word will work if you work the Word.